0: I am so excited to continue Sermon on the Mount series with you. Summer, Summer on the Mount. We're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and if you don't see me here a lot, it's because I'm in OSC Kids with your kids. If you have kids, and I just want to brag on our OSC Kids team. If you're on our kids team in here, raise your hand. We, we love and appreciate you so much. Y'all are awesome. I hope you know that you have incredible people that are with your kids, ministering to them. It's not just about childcare. They love you. They love your children. And um, i always put a plug. If you wanna serve in kids and you love kids, come talk to me and I'd be glad to have you. So always looking for kids. But I'm usually teaching first through fifth and it is so awesome to see like the light come on for kids or um, sometimes you're writing out a prayer with them and you don't understand like the weight or the, the, the needs that they have. And when you hear some of the things they have, your heart just breaks for them. And so it's been an honor and a privilege to be with uh, your kids in there. So if like I said, if you don't see me in here a lot, it's because I'm over there. But last Sunday, Pastor Dustin talked to us about the Lord's Prayer and how to pray. And if you didn't listen to that, I'd say go back and listen. He did an awesome job with the Lord's Prayer. But I wanna finish out chapter six. And we have two big topics today to talk about. It's laying up treasures for yourselves, and speaking about anxiety with things. We're gonna be talking about those two things. So I have a question to ask you. If Have you ever gotten upset? Like maybe your tone's a little raised, maybe your arms are gone, and you are worried about something, and you are talking, and somebody, what do you think they tell you that doesn't help when they tell you, Calm down or don't worry about it. Don't you just wanna like, it makes you want to get more angry, right? That's usually not very helpful. Maybe like later when you've calmed down, you're like, yeah, I, I could have calmed down. I saw this uh, meme the other day and it um, describes me a little too much, but it said, just give me 10 minutes, I'll be dramatic and then I'll get over it. And so like, that's me, just give me a few minutes. Yes, I'm over and I'm sure Josh would agree with that statement that I just said but speaking of a moment about anxiety, I want to just kind of let you know, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but let you know about a moment of anxiety that I had this year. It was in March. And so uh, in March, Pastor Josh and I went to Kauai in Hawaii, and we went uh, on the Nepali, by the Nepali coast. And normally you can't get to it unless you're like in a helicopter or uh, on a boat, but It was at the end of a very long day and Josh had found this trail. We knew nothing about it. We didn't know how long it was. We didn't know the view we were gonna have. We knew nothing, but I'm like, hey, I'm along for the ride, but also hadn't eaten before. So there's just a lot of like, if you know me as I hear giggles, like you know me, I gotta eat, I need my snacks. I think I had a snack, but you know, anyway. So if you could show the second picture, I wanna show y'all, yes, okay. So we walk three miles downhill, which is awesome, right? But you know why it's not awesome though? Because if you've hiked before, you're just going three miles uphill. And so because I was so tired and hungry, it was a very um, hard hike. But we come to, this is what we come to. We come to the edge and I'm like, oh, or go to the next one. Uh, No, no, you can, uh, no, go back, sorry, okay. So you come to the edge and I'm like, oh, cool, good. Like, uh, oh, this is beautiful. Wow, I'm so glad I did this hike. And Josh is like, no. We go down here to get to this other opening, so you can see the view even better. And you don't understand, like I said, I'm I love adventure and up for things. I'm, I've just seen a few videos where people are on like ledges, and you trip and you die. Like I, I just like that's not my, the life that I'm about. Like I like things a little. I'm not afraid of heights per se. I'm afraid of like falling and dying. That's my fear, tripping because I trip. I hit the wall every like I trip over everything. So I don't want to fall and die. So. He goes down no problem and I'm like and I'm like inching down and I think like if I trip one roll, I'm off the mountain and I have died. I saw the Nepali coast very up close, you know? So like uh, the anxiety is rising, the worry is rising. You could not have rationalized with me in that moment. Have you ever been there? Like it would not have mattered. So I was so anxious that Josh was like, here, give me your hand. I'm like, don't touch me. And then, so I'm going a little bit further and he goes further and I'm like, wait, don't leave me. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I was so freaked out. My heart rate was racing, everything. So we do, if you want to go to the next pic, next picture, you can't see, but there's a huge opening right here. So I'm like, oh, wow, it's beautiful. Okay, so the anxiety, I made it, though. I did something I was scared to do. Well, what you don't see, there's a ledge right here where Josh walks. So he's going on this ledge, and I'm like, Whoa, I don't wanna watch my husband fall to his death. And they got two people hanging out right here. Y'all can't see, this person is sitting on the edge of the rock, like legs dangling, like no care in the world. And I'm like about to like have a panic attack. So these people are all living their best lives. They're probably laughing at me. But anyway, where I was, I was not ready to go over here. Where I was, it was beautiful. And in all honesty, I'm really glad I, put my fear aside to go see it because it was literally like a once in a lifetime chance. Okay, see all these clouds, are so pretty. Well, I'm looking and I'm like, oh wow. Well, I look back this way. The clouds have completely overtaken the mountain. You can't see it anymore. So what do I start thinking? I the mountain the clouds are gonna come on the mountain I'm on and I'm not going to be able to see my way back up and I'm gonna fall and die. And so I'm all worried about these people falling and dying how much of my husband falling and dying. So anyway, I'm so nervous. I wanna cry, but I'm like I can't die, so I can't cry right now. So the way I'm going back up is not the way I came down. I'm going in a more narrow spot where I could trip even more. And Josh was like, no, come this way. And he was very gracious with me because I was anxious. And I get up. I didn't cry. I didn't die. But what did I do? When I had my two feet on the solid ground that was over here, I literally had a panic attack. I started going, (gasps) like I couldn't breathe. The whole nine yards, like I'm like. And the problem was, I couldn't have a panic attack for too long because the sun was starting to go down. And we had a three-mile hike uphill. So it's like my panic attack had to to uh, keep it in line and keep moving, but how many of you have ever felt something like that or even near that, that like it doesn't matter what is being told, your anxiety is just through the roof, reality doesn't matter anymore, like you can't think of anything else. I'm sure you have all been there. And today we're gonna talk about anxiety in relation to God providing for us, but what do we do when we do have the anxiety over things in this world? So what, who better than to ask about it is God. So let's see what God has to say in his word about it. Matthew 6:19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For And I'm sure you've heard this before, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so the Greek word for treasure means a storehouse for precious things. And if you dig into that a little more, it literally means do not treasure for yourselves, treasures on earth. So it's talking about right being obsessed with something, treasuring and storing up things. And then, but the idea is that earthly treasure, like God is trying to get us to understand, earthly treasure is fading away, but eternal treasure, God's kingdom is heavenly and that's secure, Right, This earth is not secure in the things of it, but God and his kingdom are secure. So don't store up the things here, but with God. And Greek word for the heart is our mind, character, inner self, will, intention, and center. Literally everything about us that comes out of who we are comes out of our heart. And when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the pumping mechanism. It's talking about the center of who we are, our will. Our, it's our desire producer that makes us tick. And our hearts establish who we really are. And we're going to talk a little bit more about our hearts. But number one, God is after our hearts it's the thing that makes us tick. He knows he does not want us treasuring things on this earth more than we treasure him because where our heart is, where our treasure is there, our heart will be also. Because one thing to lay up treasures on earth is honestly dooming ourselves to a life of frustration and worrying and it's empty, right? And let's see what the Bible says about that too. In 1 Timothy it says, for godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and we, can, and we cannot take anything out of the world. Like you've heard that, right? Like the saying of you can't take your a haul you know, after you're dead, you can't take that to heaven. So we know that, we've heard that before. Because that warning that God is trying to tell us that nothing on this earth, anything we try to gain for ourselves is not going to satisfy us. And He is the only thing that truly ever will. So that's what we should be going after, not all these things. But a side note is to say that Jesus isn't saying it's wrong to have things, so please do not misunderstand me. He is not wrong to say, saying it's it's not wrong to have things, but... It is wrong to lay it up for yourselves, right? Because he's given us everything, everything is his anyway, so we should live with things with open hands and we should be stewards of what he's given us, not hoarders, right? So don't lay up treasures for yourself, that's what he's saying there. So it's not wrong to have things, please don't misunderstand me. And Jesus is saying to not spend your life, your time gathering up for things that don't matter in the long run. Why? Why is he telling us that? Because if our focus is on things, it can't be on him. And if our focus is on this world or our world and being so consumed with that, we're not gonna be focusing on him and his world and his kingdom and the things that he has for us because we're gonna be so stuck in our own. And so a big thing is our eternal perspective, like what we truly believe about God and about eternity, affects our earthly priorities, right? Because what we think about as truth is what we're gonna live out. So if we don't think that it's really important, we're not gonna live like it's really important. So we have to change our hearts to say, God, your eternity is what matters most, right? Not, the things on this earth are gonna be gone, so we need to have our focus on eternal priorities because where we put our time, our focus, and our attention is where our hearts will be, just like we were saying earlier. And it's not so much wealth that Jesus is actually talking about. He's talking about loyalty. He's saying, where do our loyalties lie? Is it with the things of this earth or is it with him? That's what he's after, not about wealth, but about our loyalty. Because if you've read the Bible, you know God's a jealous God and he's after our hearts. He wants your hearts like we were talking about. Because in Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, I'm sure you've heard this, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. And he knows what has our hearts ultimately has us, right? What we're consumed about, what we're thinking about, that has us. So is it the things of this world or is it focused on him? Because we do, we have to be careful what we give ourselves to. And it's easy to fall into all these traps, right? We live on earth, it's easy to fall into them. And then moving on to point two, Matthew 6, 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you as darkness, how great is the darkness? That one, the first one was talking about our heart. This scripture is talking about our minds. Number two, God is after our minds. Because before we know Christ... Before we've gotten saved, what are we after? What do we live by? We live by our desires, our feelings, our affections, our lusts, kind of that thing like if it felt good, you did it. You didn't even think twice about it, right? You just did whatever you wanted to do, anytime you wanted, that's what was driving you. And after you get saved, God doesn't want you to live by those desires anymore. He wants you to live um, by your mind. He wants you to think. And so before we weren't thinking, and sin also does something to people, to, to us. It blinds our minds to things that are obvious, right? Like so obvious, you would think it's, you can't miss it. But when we're in, living in sin, those things blind us to it. And one thing, so think about this concept. We're talking about, we read in the scripture, don't store up treasures on, your earth, on earth because moths and rust and thieves break in and steal. Okay, how many of you own a home or if you live in a home? right? What is it constantly doing? Breaking, falling apart, Um, pipes, old pipes are leaking. I'm speaking through way too much experience with old pipes leaking. Walls need to be torn out. Maybe mold set in. Like something is always going wrong with our houses, our physical houses, and our bodies. As you get older, things are changing, you you know, or your every body. We know, think about this, we all know we're going to die, but we also, like, also, I think, can be like, well, it's later or whatever, so we don't let that reality sink in because that's what sin does. It blinds our minds to simple truths and that's some things that we can start doing is uh, with our minds. And we know this truth that our minds, that our bodies are gonna die and our house is, is gonna fall apart, so why do we invest so much into it? And... Jesus is just trying to get to our hearts and our minds like hey like wake up to the truth wake up to the truth of what I'm trying to say to you that don't live for now because you need to serve your God serve God with your whole heart and with your mind and determining to believe God's truths in our minds that we really believe it here So I don't know if you've ever gone to another country, but you have to go through customs when you do. Why? Because they don't want you taking anything from your country that shouldn't be there into theirs. If you've ever left Hawaii, they're gonna check your bag 10 times, not 10, but three, to make sure you don't have fruit. You cannot smuggle fruit out of Hawaii. They're gonna scan your bag, so don't even try. And I know that's not the same, that's a different country, but think about this, like when you the customs thing, you have to scan everything that's brought in. So think about your mind as like a country, right? And your eye is like the TSA customs agent. It's scanning things, we have to scan things. We can't let everything into our minds because what it goes into your mind is going to take over, right? It's eventually gonna consume you and that's how you're gonna start living and you're gonna start acting. And we're not a slave to our thoughts. God has given us like the ability to be like, no, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to, I'm going to trust what God's word says and not listen to the enemy. And we have to take captive lies with truth of God's word. It's stopping and saying, no, I'm not believing this. I'm trusting God and I'm stopping it before it enters my heart. He wants us to use our minds for him. And just another quick question to answer, should we spend money on our bodies and our clothes and houses? Yes, right, practically. You need somewhere to live and please wear clothes, right? You need to buy clothes, you need somewhere to live. It's not wrong to have these things and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. So again, answering that question, please have somewhere to live and please uh, wear clothes. But moving on to number three, God is after our hearts, God's after our mind. In Matthew 6, uh, 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So number three, God is after our will. God is after our will. And another effect that sin can have on, on us is before you know Jesus or whatever, he can make, sin can make us a slave of things that are meant to serve us, right? Make us a slave of things that are meant to serve us because God gave us all these things for us to enjoy. They're given to us as gifts, right? Whether that's food and clothing, friends, possessions, money, sex. But if we're not careful, we take something that's good and we make it a God and we're not in control anymore. That thing is controlling us. And the things that he's given to make us happy and to enjoy, we've made it about us. And then because of sin, we become slaves to it. And that's his warning to us. Don't become slaves to it. And so the moment we become dominated by things, we are slaves to it. And it's okay to have things. It's just not okay for things to have you, right? We don't want to be so consumed and obsessed and taken over. It's okay to have things. It's just dangerous when things have you. Because nothing would be worse than at the end of our lives to discover that we gave ourselves to the wrong thing, right, we expended all of our time, money and attention into the wrong thing and it didn't have any eternal value. And it let us down, because that's all it's going to do is let us down over and over. And I think a good question to ask us like, okay, I'm not sure, like how do I know if my possessions have me or not? And so like I think about my house. If something happened to my house, Yes, I would cry for more than 10 minutes, right? I would be upset. I'd need more than 10 minutes to be dramatic. I would be upset. But if you lost something, how would you react to it in the long run? Would it send you into a tailspin? Would your life be take like you wouldn't be able to know how to recover because you lost this thing? I think that's the question, a gauge of how we ask ourselves. Like if I lost it, how would my life be? Would you be able to trust Jesus and move on or would this thing have you? And I think that's a way that we can ask ourselves that. So once, you know, we realize we need to serve God with our hearts, our minds, our will, and we're thinking about things and not to place our, you know, value on things, God still is coming after our heart a little bit more in these scriptures. He's not done. He's going to be talking about that big word and that's anxiety, like we brought in at the beginning of the message. He's going to be talking about anxiety. He's coming for more because we can think about all these things, but what can get us is, being, is worrying about all of these things. So in Matthew 6, 25 through 27, it says, this is Jesus, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Up, oh, Jesus went and did it, he told us don't be anxious. And so what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow sow, nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? I think especially those last two, we skip over those so fast. Are we not of more value than birds? And and by being anxious, do you even add anything to your life? And do not be anxious here means to not have a mind that's divided into sections or compartments and that it's not functioning as a whole. So in other words, don't be distracted. That we're so anxious that we're distracted. Don't be anxious means don't be distracted. That's what God's trying to get us to understand. And God and the things of this world are at so opposites with each other, right? It's impossible, like it's saying to love one without completely hating the other, it's impossible. You're gonna live a double life if you try to live like that. And what Jesus is warning is us against the danger of taking the main thing and just worrying about the cares of this world, being so consumed by those things that we're looking so much at them that we're forgetting to look at God and that's what he's he's trying to get our attention about. And he's warning us about the danger of living a double life. That's what he's concerned about. In regards to provision, so what are we thinking about? What are the things that has our attention? Food, everybody, we know groceries are going up, keep going up, money, jobs. We worried about someone else or ourselves because our anxieties and our thoughts go to what we're focused on, right? If I'm looking right here and only thinking right here, I can't see y'all because I'm worried only about this. And my life is gonna go in the direction of my cares and my anxieties and my worries. And Jesus is trying to get our attention elsewhere. In that verse, he said, look at the birds. But before you can look at the birds, you have to stop long enough, right? You have to pause. So sometimes I think we, we really need to do, when you're in that tailspin of worrying about something and it, You can't get over it. Because the enemy lies to you, right? And tells you like everybody else has more problems than you do. Or you have more, (laughs) no, the other way. You have more problems than everybody else. They're not struggling like you. They don't know, like doesn't the enemy tell us that? But we're all dealing with our own thoughts and worries and emotions if we're being honest. But um, what he's saying is if we would stop long enough, like even if you're at work, go in the bathroom or can you walk outside for a few minutes when you're caught in that tailspin of worry and it'd be like, no, that you stop and you meditate on his word and you meditate on who he is, you remind yourself of who he is because like he said, look at the birds, they're not worried about being fed, they are fed, they're just, because they know their value. But are you not more valuable than a bird? So much more valuable. And they know, they know that, but the worry we can have over material things of life is, rooted in, our under, is rooting, rooted in a low understanding of our value before God. We're not trusting him because we don't truly value, know that he values us, right? Our, our value of what we think God is, is like he didn't care about us, like he cares more about this person. They always have their needs met, so like he doesn't care about me. We do that to ourselves, right? But God is saying, when you, you will worry less if you could understand the value you have in him. We fail to comprehend how much he loves and cares for us. So which of you, like I said, how, you can't add anything to your life by being anxious. You're not, you're not adding another, because another, uh, Another hour, have, have you ever made your to-do list and you got anxious because you made your to-do list because you're like, I ain't fitting all this in in this amount of time? It's very easy to do in our daily lives. It happens to me more often than I wanna admit about getting anxious about the days. But what does get added to our life by worry and stress? Let me read a list to you, it's from the Mayo Clinic. These are the things that worry, anxiety, and stress add to our life. Headache, anxiety, over or under eating, muscle tension or pain, restlessness, angry outbursts, angry outbursts. No, I'm just (laughs) joking. Chest, I'm not calling that kid out. Chest pain, lack of motivation or focus, drug or alcohol abuse, fatigue, feeling overwhelmed, change in sex drive, irritability or anger, social withdrawal, upset stomach, sadness or depression, exercising less often, and sleep problems. Doesn't that describe the majority of uh, like the ailments that we have as a society today? All of these things and our worrying about things is literally making us sick. Not only is it not adding to our life, it's literally taking away from our life by being so worried about these things. And I love what Corey Ten Boom says about worry. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow It empties today of its strength, right? When I'm worrying about tomorrow, I have lost my strength for today because I'm already focused on something else I shouldn't even be worrying about. And what does worry do? Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry in the heart of a man weighs him down. It literally weighs him down. So I'm gonna give you an example about um, my grocery store habits. So I don't know, who likes to do Walmart pickup? Like you don't like going in the store, you're gonna sit in your house and do it on your app and go pick it up. That is me, I do not like going into the store. And I always think like, I'm um, okay, I do my grocery list and I'm usually pretty good about it, but every now and then you forget something or you just went and your kid's like, hey, I need blank. And you're like, I just did a grocery pickup. So you gotta go into the store. And I don't know if you're like me, but you think like I only need one or two things. I don't need a basket, I got it. I can carry it with my hands. And how do you find yourself? And I'm dropping stuff and I can't tell people hi. I've dropped stuff before and I'm sure it's been, you know, funny to watch me pick it up. And then I get to the um, counter and I'm like, you can't let something go because it's all gonna fall. So you have to like do this with it. That's me. So I figured I'd give you a visual. So hold on with me for a second. So I have two things. So this is me at the grocery store. But isn't it us in life, right? So think of this as like worry about a bill. Like God, I don't know how to pay it. And you're like, I got it, it's just a little worry. I can handle a little bit of worry, it's no big deal. So you got that. But then you're like, what if my kid gets in a wreck in five years and then like, you know, what will we do about a car? And then like, what if my house burns down in 10 years? Like where will we live? Or like, I'm worried about the job. My husband's job is not secure. How are we gonna pay the bills? And then like, here's medical bill. Or what if I get sick in a year? Like, I'm not sick right now, but what if I do? You know, like I'm worried about that. And then I'm worried about just something, a situation with my kid. And then (laughs) I'm worried about more, right? You think you can handle it and then all of a sudden, what, you, you can't do anything. You're not useful much. You can't talk much to people because you're like, I gotta go, I'm about to drop all this on the floor at Walmart, like that kind of thing. And that's what worry does. It literally weighs us down. And we always think we can handle it, right? It's no big deal, but it gets piled on and piled on. And what do you, all of a sudden, you're drowning and you're drowning in your Walmart groceries. So <laughs> that's me at the register. But um, that's gonna fall so just, you know, think about your anxieties when you look down here. If, if the uh, messiness of it causes you anxiety, it's just something to help you grow in the service. No. <laughs> I'm helping you, I'm helping you. But um, another thing, if you've ever noticed what the Bible talks about weights, in Hebrews, if you've ever read this, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us." So God is saying, I have a race for you to run, right? And running with endurance, not like barely making it over the finish line. So if I have all these weights of worry, like the Bible's saying worry that's weighing me down, and I'm holding it and carrying it, can I run like this? Maybe out the door. Right, I won't be able to run very long with all these extra weights of worry and anxiety and cares about the world. I can't run well. I can run for a little bit, but I can't run well. It isn't until we let go, throw aside, cast the weights aside, get rid of, as it's saying, the weight, so you can run with endurance because it's not that worry is a sin. Worry can lead to sin. But it's holding us back, right? It's stunting us from our growth. It's not letting us to, we'll get to heaven, but we're like barely making it there instead of like, no, that I'm choosing to let this go so I can run well and go and do what God has called me to do. And so in Matthew 6.30, it says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, o you of, or ye you, It's not the King James Version. Oh, you of little faith. So if we're being honest, anxiety about provision is a lack of faith on our part, right? We're not believing he's gonna take care of us. It's a lack of faith. And I know you've heard Pastor Josh say this before. Worry is temporary atheism. It's like forgetting that God exists when we worry. But faith, choosing faith, is to refuse to worry about, is refusing to, uh, Hold on, is refusing to think about worrying things. Faith is refusing to think about worrying things. It's stopping it. It's a TSA agent. Like, no, it's not gonna add anything to my life. I'm going to stop thinking about it. Because we have to remember that everything in life he's, giving it, he's given to us as a gift, and we keep it as a gift, not as a, something we're entitled to, right? Then we're gonna remember that. Because when we fail to remember that life is a gift, we're gonna fail in other places. And the anecdote for worry is not just to stop worrying, like, oh, stop, chill out, stop worrying. It's not just that, because it doesn't work. What do we have to do? When we get rid of something, we need to replace it with something. So if we're getting rid of worry, we need to hold on to faith. We need to replace it with faith. I don't mean like the simple, like, just, oh, just trust God, but no, it's going to war with our thoughts. It's going to war against the enemy, because guess what? You're going to have all your worries and cares, and life is hard, and you can do it without God, or you can do it with God, and it is still a fight. I'm not going to lie to say that when you're at the bottom, when you are spiraling, that it's easy all the time to be like, God, help me, and I'm going to remember who you are, and I'm going to... Um, remind you of who you are to me and you're gonna pray. It's hard to do that sometimes if we're being completely honest, but you got hard either way, right? So why don't you do the hard that gets you out of where you're stuck and is getting you closer to God, right? We can make a choice. You're not stuck here. You don't have to be stuck there. And so, the uh, sorry, one second. When we put God in his place, worry gets put in its rightful place, right? It gets out of our hearts because then we pause and we meditate and remember who God is because you've heard Pastor Josh say this too, when worship goes up, worry goes down. That's how a seesaw works, right? It doesn't do this and worry and fear cannot live together. One's gonna, uh, worry and faith cannot live together. One is gonna take over the other, right? It's gonna, it's going to win so you can have a choice of what you decide to think about and because what we think about here is what we live out, right? Like we keep talking about your, your actions are going to go towards what you're thinking about and your heart, you're going to live those things out. And then continue on in Matthew, it says, Matthew six thirty-one through 32, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. Here again, we're anxious and Jesus is telling us what? Don't be anxious. He's reminding us, don't be anxious. But Jesus can say that, right? He can get away with telling us whatever. But this is a hard text coming from someone who is always hungry and who likes clothes, right? He's telling you not to worry about these things. People who know me always giggle. They're like, yeah. Because, you know, you may be one of these people who say like, oh, I was so busy. I forgot to eat. Mm-mm. nope, has never happened to me. I'm starving all of the time. I'm already thinking about lunch and dinner, not because I, like, I'm obsessed with food, I'm just always hungry. So it's, I really wish I wasn't. It would be a much easier life. So I'm so happy for you all who can miss meals and not care about it, but that's not me. So Jesus is telling us, don't worry, don't worry. Don't be anxious about these things. Why? Don't be like those who don't know God. That's what he's saying. Don't be like the Gentiles. They don't know God. They're supposed to act how they're acting, right? They don't know him, but you do. So you can act in a different way and that they seek after material things as their goal, but you don't have to because you know me and he is going to provide for our needs. And actually here, we're being invited to know Jesus in a way and to know a freedom from a life of worry and anxiety and comes from undue concern about material things. He's inviting us, think about it this way, it's not just like more rules, he's inviting you into a new way of freedom and then to not be overly concerned with these things. So what do we do, right? You're like, okay, you're telling me not to be anxious and Jesus is telling me not to be anxious, so what do I do with maybe sometimes with the anxiousness that I do have? Matthew 6, 33 through 34 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Number one, what do we do? We seek him. So simply, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God. We put him first, and we're honoring him. And we honor Jesus when we put his kingdom above our own kingdom, right? What we think our needs are, what we think our wants are. We're honoring him when we think about his kingdom. And Jesus didn't just tell them to stop worrying. He told, and he's telling us, to replace worry with a concern for the kingdom of God, right? Now you gotta do something with your worry. Now I can see about other people instead of always being so worried and caught up in my own concerns. And that we have a passion or a habit that we can, we're giving up for a greater passion, the passion and habit of thinking about ourselves, giving up for thinking about his kingdom. And we have a choice to seek first the kingdom of God in every day that we live. And a lot of times that happens when we first get saved, right? We're so excited, we're so excited about God and we want to um, seek his kingdom. But then as we go into our walk, like that's something we can forget, right? but our Christian life will either reinforce or deny it if we really believe that we're seeking after his kingdom because other people can look at our life and be like, wow, that's really not lining up with what God is saying to do. So we have to keep making that choice every day to seek first his kingdom. And it says, and his righteousness. And the Greek for righteousness is the approval of God what is deemed right by the Lord and approved in his eyes. Because Christianity is not a religious checklist, right? We don't, nobody wants to live that way because God loves us, we serve him, but he does have ways he wants us to do things. He's just telling us that right now in the Sermon on the Mount. So figure out, learn what is approved in his eyes and what's deemed right by the Lord and go after those things. That's how we seek his kingdom. And so we seek him, what else do we do? Number two, we trust him. This is just so big, right? Because you don't go to somebody you don't trust. You don't really deeply give your whole heart to somebody you don't trust in the physical life. And with God, if you have like a, a hand up, you don't really, you're not fully there with him. You're not gonna trust his provision. That's what we have to do. Because we really like He knows what we need before we need it. Like, I wish we could always get that in our hearts, right, when that moment of thing is coming up. He knows what you need before you need it. So if this has ever happened to you where you had a bill... And it was due like that day or next week. And literally, you did not know how it was coming through. And something, God blessed you in some way. Some other check was sitting in the mail. Has that ever happened to you? Right, like you had a need and God came through, right? And that's the things we need to do. We need to remember ourselves, remind ourselves of those things. Because I can give you a person example. Uh, in May, May, um, we were in our living room. And like, I was like, Josh, the floor feels weird right here. And I'm like, and water came out from our hardwood floors. Totally great. And uh, uh, old pipe, we talk about things always breaking, and busting, an old pipe had, was um, just for a while, slowly leaking, 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 going under our floors. The whole downstairs, most of the downstairs floors needed to be um, taken out. It opened a can of worms, but we don't, definitely don't need to talk about that. But it's like, oh no, well, it's no big deal. Insurance is gonna cover this. It's a leak, why would insurance not? No, insurance doesn't, because it, ours only covers a leak, not a rupture. I mean, a rupture, not a leak. So it had to spray everywhere, not slowly drip everywhere. So insurance did not cover it. And I wanna say that along, like all my life as a Christian, I would not have been upset by that. But no, in years past, I would have cried, maybe ranted, like freaked out, like, Josh, are we gonna pay for this, like, oh my God. And in that moment, I had a choice, right? I, had, I could say, could freak out, or I could be like, no, I do not know how we're going to pay for all the things that need to be fixed, and I am scared. But I'm going to choose that God, you've, you've provided in the past, and you're going to provide now. And guess what? He did, and He does, right? There are people, I'm not gonna name them because there are too many, but. People have come and helped us. We are gonna have to pay people. We're so very thankful, and God provides, right? So when you're not sure of a time, because the enemy always wants you to make you forget of what what God has done in the past, write it down if you have to. Make a journal like, God, you provided this, and you showed up for me here, because we're so easy to forget, and the enemy tries to make us forget. So do not forget about what he's done in the past. And if you're so worried about some things you need, Maybe you're even worried about things you don't even have. And I just want to pose a quick question. Don't get mad at me. If you don't have it, maybe you don't need it. If it's consuming your life. Don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) It was just a thought I had. Just a thought like if we're so doing things to our bodies to overwork or whatever, maybe we just don't need it. But the majority of things that we worry about, if we're being honest, we don't even have any control over. Do you have control over what happens when you leave this building? Whether a wreck or a phone call about a diagnosis or something, like your life can change at any moment, all of the time. And the things that we're constantly worrying about, we don't even have control over. And these verses are just a reminder to live in today. Because yesterday had its ton of worries and cares and you can't change your past, right? So we shouldn't be living back here. And we can't live up here, because God, if we think 30, you know, 30 days, 60 days, a year out of tomorrow, that can really send us into a tailspin. We can't, we don't have the energy, we don't have the time, the focus, we cannot be thinking about tomorrow. We have to stay in today, because tomorrow could have a lot too, right? If we're being honest, I mean today, Today's day has enough worries to take care of itself. We need to stay, God is reminding us to stay in today and trust his provision for you today. Because we talked about in... um, the Lord's prayer we ask to pray pray for our daily bread it's not talking about you know a bread for a month away he wants us to live day by day with him and i know that's hard and i'm not trying to take out the hardness away from that it is hard but God did provide for the Israelites daily, their manna, right? He didn't give it a week. It would The next day, if they tried to grab more, it would go bad. He gave it to them day by day so that they would learn to trust him. And he wants the same with us. He wants us to trust him because he's the same God of the Old Testament. He's the same God who provides for us today. So if we would trust him for provision today, And we can fight anxiety, like we keep talking about, Like, how do we fight anxiety? We fight anxiety by staying in today, not letting our minds go back or forward in any direction. And I can't change the past and I have no control of the future, as we were saying. And we must not go forward and tack on tomorrow's quota for today. We're given provision for today. So reminder again, be in today. I just feel like this is such a big point, right? Because it's so easy to jump to all the conclusions. And if we only realized God's great love and concern for us, that he knows everything, if we really believe it's true, that he knows everything about us, and he's concerned with the smallest details of our lives, then we become a person who no longer has to worry if we really believe what he's saying. And we sang it earlier, right, Jaira, you're my provider, uh, you're enough, do we really believe that though? Do we really believe he's enough or do we act? Do we, are we living out a different way than things we're saying, right? And so in closing, just to remind you to not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth because if we're intentional about serving God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds and our will, then it's gonna be easier just naturally not to worry about provision, right? If we're so focused on him and his will and what he wants, These things aren't gonna matter as much. It's not gonna be our focus and it's not gonna be where our attention is at. Because when we have our hearts and minds and will in the right places, we're gonna be walking in a growing relationship with him and we can trust that he's gonna provide for our daily needs, right? Our daily needs. And honestly, when we keep food and clothing, and I know we didn't talk about cars because they didn't have cars yet in the Bible then, but food and cars or whatever your needs are, if we keep those in its rightful place, not as a God, then we won't worship them or be overly obsessed with them, right? It's not going to have us. And sometimes I think if we, you know, life happens and you have to cut down or you have to change your way of spending. If you do have to do that and you're dependent on God, that life change or that job loss, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. I'm not acting like it's not hard or you don't have a moment but it's not going to wreck your life, right? It's not gonna take you down. It's not gonna take you over. You'll still be able to run your race with endurance because you know who's called you. You're laying aside those weights. You're laying aside those worries and just knowing that He has you. And having our hearts attached to God and not to things will keep anxiety over our needs in check, right? Just simple things. So I do have some action steps for you this week to think about in what ways with your heart, your mind, your will, and what ways are you maybe holding back from God in those areas? Write it down now, go home and think about it. What ways are you have not given fully over to him? It's gonna be different for everybody. And then to start being this week aware of worry, because like I said, you're not a slave to your thoughts, right? You can stop, you can stop the train. The train wants to go and rev through and bring you down, but you don't have to go there. So this week, as those worrying thoughts are coming, stop, say, no, God, I'm not like, you know, maybe don't say it out loud unless you're by yourself, because you know, whatever. But uh, you're, you're able to do that with his help to stop and remind yourself who he is in your life and catch yourself and then see yourself grow right cuz we we Forget the small things. Like you're like, oh, I'm I'm not further along than I should be. But we forget to celebrate the small things because every tiny small step is a a, a path towards him moving forward. And we can celebrate those small things like, God, no, I normally would have cried right here, but I didn't, I trusted you. Or God, I normally would have yelled at somebody when this happened, but no, now I stopped and I trusted you and I said, I know you're gonna take care of me. Celebrate those small wins and look for them throughout your weeks and you can see where he's growing you. And then think about this week, ways that you can build your build God's kingdom and not your own. How can you serve him and others this week? Because that gets our mind and our focus off of our worries, right? When we're just stuck in that spiral, we can only see ourselves. And what are some ways that you can build God's kingdom this week? So I just wanted to end in prayer. If you could just close your eyes. God, I thank you for this moment. And I pray that You lay whatever this person, every person in here needs on their heart, God, that thing to change, that thing to do, God, that reminder that you value them so much, that they're so loved by you, whatever it is, God that that big takeaway that they need for today, God, that that would sink deep into their hearts, God, that it would be lived out throughout the week that you are with them and you're helping them, God. Remind them that you're their provider, that you are with them, God, that they would serve you with their heart, their whole minds, and their whole wills. Father, they would lay aside the things that are holding them back to run their race endurance with you. And knowing, God, that we're not gonna get it perfect, but when we do, all we do have to do is ask you for forgiveness and that you are there to forgive, forgive us and to keep running, keep moving forward. I thank you what you're doing in every person's heart. God, that anxiety won't win, Father, over provision, God, but we will trust that you have us and you're providing for our every need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.